Section 6 of Aunt Judy's Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rudy Huck. Aunt Judy's Tales by Margaret Gatty. Out of the Way, Part 2. Franz felt himself like a child in the grasp of the man who spoke, and one glimpse he caught of a pair of coal-black eyes, two frowning eyebrows, and a mustachioed mouth nearly frightened him out of his wits, and he was halfway down the room before he knew what was happening. For, after the baron let him go, the waiter seized him and hustled him along till he came to the bottom of the table, where, however, there was no room for him as all the vacant places had been filled up so he was pushed finally to a side table in a corner at which sat two men in foreign dresses not one word of whose language he could understand these two fellows talked incessantly together too which was all the more mortifying because they gesticulated and laughed as if at some capital joke franz was very quiet at first for the other adventure had sobered him but presently with his mother's advice running in his head he resolved to make himself agreeable if possible so at the next burst of merriment he affected to have entered into the joke threw himself back in his chair and laughed as loudly as they did the men stared for a second then frowned and then one of them shouted something to him very loudly which he did not understand so he placed his hand on his heart put on an expressive smile and offered to shake hands thought he that will be irresistible but he was mistaken the other man now called loudly to the waiter and a moment after franz found himself being conveyed by the said waiter through the doorway into the hall with the remark resounding in his ears what a foolish young gentleman you must be why can't you keep out of people's way my good friend cried mr franz that's not my plan at present i'm trying to make myself agreeable oh pooh bother agreeable cried the waiter what's the use of making yourself agreeable if you're always in the way here step back sir don't you see the trays coming Franz had not noticed it and would probably have got a thump on the head from it if his friend the waiter had not pulled him back the man was a real good-natured smiling german and said come my gentleman here's a candle you've a bedroom here of course now you take my advice and go to bed you will be out of the way there and perhaps you'll get up wiser tomorrow franz took the candlestick mechanically but said he i understood there was to be some dancing here tonight and i can dance and oh pooh bother dancing interrupted the waiter what's the use of dancing if you're to be in everybody's way and i know you will you can't help it here be advised for once and go to bed i'll bring you up some coffee before long go quietly up now mine good night two minutes afterwards mr franz found himself walking upstairs as the waiter had ordered him to do 
though he muttered something about officious fellow as he went along and positively he went to bed as the officious fellow recommended and while he lay there waiting for the coffee he began wondering what could be the cause of the failure of his attempts to make himself agreeable surely his mother was right surely there could be no doubt that with his advantages but he did not go on with the sentence well after puzzling for some time a bright thought struck him it was entirely owing to that stupid nose affair which his mother was so silly about of course that was it he had done everything else she recommended but he could not keep his head down at the same time so people saw the snub well he would practice the attitude now at any rate till the coffee came no sooner said than done out of bed jumped mr franz and went groping about for the table to find matches to light the candle but unluckily he had forgotten how the furniture stood so he got to the door by a mistake and went stumbling up against it just as the waiter with the coffee opened it on the other side there was a plunge a shout a shuffling of feet and then both were on the floor and was also the hot coffee which scalded franz's bare legs terribly the waiter got up first and luckily it was the officious fellow with the smiling face and said he what a miserable young man you must be to be sure why you're never out of the way not even when you're gone to bed this last anecdote caused an uproar of delight in the fly and so much noise that aunt judy had to call the party to order and talk about the horses being frightened after which she proceeded i am sorry to say mr franz did not get up the next morning as much wiser as the waiter had expected for he laid all the blame of his misfortunes on his nose instead of his impertinence and never thought of correcting himself and being less intrusive on the contrary after practising holding his head down for ten minutes before the glass he went out to the day's amusements as saucy and confident as ever now there is no time continued aunt judy for my telling you all mr franz's funny scrapes and adventures when we get to the end of the journey you must invent some for yourselves and sit together and tell them in turns while we are busy unpacking i will only just say that wherever he went the same sort of things happened to him because he was always thrusting himself forward and always getting pushed back in consequence out of the public gardens he got fairly turned at last because he would talk politics to some strange gentleman on a bench they got up and walked away but five minutes afterwards a very odd-looking man looked over franz's shoulder and said significantly i recommend you to leave these gardens sir and walk elsewhere and poor franz who had heard of such things as prisons and dungeons for political offenders felt a cold shudder run through him and took himself off with all possible speed not daring to look behind him for fear he should see that dreadful man at his heels indeed he never felt safe till he was in his bedroom again and had got the waiter to come and talk to him dear me said the waiter what a silly young gentleman you must be to go talking away without being asked but said franz you don't consider what a superior education i have had i can talk and make myself heard oh pooh 
bother talking interrupted the waiter what's the use of talking when nobody wants to listen much better go to bed franz would not give in yet but was comforted to find the waiter did not think he would be thrown into prisons and dungeons so he dined and dressed and went to the theatre to console himself where however he made himself heard so effectually first applauding then hissing and even speaking his opinions to the people round him that a set of young college students combined together to get rid of him and i am sorry to add they made use of a little kicking as the surest plan and so before half the play was over mr franz found himself in the street now then i have told you enough of mr franz's follies except the one last adventure which made him alter his whole plan of proceeding he had had two letters of introduction to take with him one to an old partner of his father's who had settled in the capital some years before another to some people of more consequence very distant family connections and of course mr franz went there first as there seemed a nice chance of making his fortune among such great folks and really the great folks would have been civil though but that he soon spoilt everything by what he called making himself agreeable he was too polite too affectionate too talkative too instructive by half he assured the young ladies that he approved very highly of their singing trilled out a little song of his own unasked at his first visit fondled the pet lap-dog on his knee congratulated papa on looking wonderfully well for his age asked mamma if she had tried the last new spectacles and in short gave his opinions and advice and information so freely that as soon as he was gone the whole party exclaimed what an impertinent jackanapes a jackanapes being nothing more or less than a human monkey this went on for some time for he called very often being too stupid in spite of his supposed cleverness to take the hints that were thrown out that such repeated visits were not wanted at last however the family got desperate and one morning when he arrived having teased them the day before for a couple of hours he saw nobody in the drawing-room when he was ushered in never mind thought he they'll be there directly when they know i'm come and having brought a new song in his pocket which he had been practising to sing to them he sat down to the piano and began performing alone thinking how charmed they would be to hear such beautiful sounds in the distance but in the middle of his song he heard a discordant shout and jumping up discovered the youngest little missy hid behind the curtain and crying tremendously mr franz became quite theatrical lovely little pet where are your sisters have they left my darling to weep alone they shut the door before i could get through sobbed the lovely little pet and i won't be your darling a bit mr franz laughed heartily and said how clever she was took her on his knee told her her sisters would be back again directly and finished his remark by a kiss unfortunate mr franz the young lady immediately gave him an unmistakable box on the ear with her small fist and vociferated no they won't they won't they'll never come back till you're gone they've gone away to get out of your way because you won't keep out of theirs and you're a forward puppy papa says and can't take a hint 
and you're always in everybody's way, and I'll get out of your way, too. Here the little girl began to kick violently, but there was no occasion. Mr. Franz set her down, and while she ran off to her sister's, he rushed back to the hotel, and double-locked himself into his room. After a time, however, he sent for his friend the waiter, for he felt that a talk would do him good. But the officious fellow shook his head terribly. "'How many times am I to tell you what a foolish young gentleman you are?' cried he. "'Will you never get up wiser any morning of the year?' "'I thought,' murmured Franz in broken, almost sobbing accents, "'I thought the young ladies would have been delighted with my song. "'You see, I've been so well taught, and I can sing.' "'Oh, poo, poo, poo!' interrupted the waiter once more. "'Bother singing and everything else if you are not been asked. "'Much better go to bed!' "'Poor Franz, it was hard work to give in, and he made a last effort. "'Don't you think, after all, that the prejudice is owing to what I told you about? "'People do dislike a snub nose. "'Oh, poo, bother a snub nose!' exclaimed the waiter what will your nose signify if you don't poke it in everybody's way and with this conclusion mr franz was obliged to be content and he ordered his dinner upstairs and prepared himself for an evening of tears and repentance but before the waiter had been gone five minutes he returned with a letter in his hand now here's somebody asking something at last said he for a servant had brought it Franz trembled as he took it. It was sure to be either a scolding or a summons to prison, he thought. But no such thing. It was an invitation to dinner. Franz threw it on the floor and kicked it from him. He would go nowhere, see nobody any more. The officious fellow picked it up and read it. Mr. Franz, said he, you mustn't go to bed this time. You must go to this dinner instead. It's from your father's old partner. He wishes you had called, but as you haven't called, he asks you to dine. Now you're wanted, Mr. Franz, and must go. I shall get into another mess, cried Franz despondingly. Oh, pooh, you're only going to keep out of everybody's way, and all will be right, insisted the waiter, and left the room only to keep out of everybody's way and all will be right ejaculated mr franz as he looked at his crestfallen face in the glass it's a strange rule for getting on in life however continued he cheering up one plan has failed and it's only fair to give the other a chance and all the rest of dressing time and afterwards as he walked along the streets he kept repeating his father's words softly to himself which was at first a very difficult thing to do, because he could not help mixing them up with his mother's. It was the funniest thing in the world to hear him. All you have to attend to with your advantages is to make yourself, no, no, not to make myself agreeable, is to keep out of the way. That's it. When Franz arrived at the house, he rang the bell so gently that he had to ring twice before he was heard, and then they concluded it was some beggar who was afraid of giving a good pull. So when he was ushered into the drawing-room, the old partner came forward to meet him, 
took him by both hands, and after one look into his downcast face, said, Dear Mr. Franz, you must put on a bolder face, and ring a louder peal next time you come to the house of your father's old friend. Mr. Franz answered this warm greeting by a sickly smile, and while he was being introduced to the family, kept bowing on, thinking of nothing but how to keep out of everybody's way. He was tempted every five minutes, of course, to break out in his usual style, and could have found it in his heart to chuck the whole party under the chin, and take all the talk to himself. But he could be determined enough when he chose, and having determined to give his father's rule a fair chance, he restrained himself to the utmost. So, not even the hearty reception of the old partner and his wife, nor the smiling faces of either daughters or sons, could lure him into opening out. Yes and no. Do you think so? I dare say. Perhaps. No doubt you're right. And other such unmeaning little phrases were all he would utter when they talked to him. How shy he is, poor fellow, thought the ladies, and then they talked to him all the more. One tried to amuse him with one subject, another with another. How did he like the public gardens? Were they not very pretty? He scarcely knew. No doubt they were, if they thought so. What did he think of the theatre? It was very hot when he was there. Had he any friends in town? He couldn't say friends. He knew one or two people a little, and the poor youth could hardly restrain a groan, as he answered each of the questions. Then they chatted of books, and music, and dancing, and pressed him hard to discover what he knew, and could do, and liked best. And when it oozed out, even from his short answers, that he had read certain books in more than one language, and could sing just a little, and dance just a little, and do several other things just a little too, all sorts of nods and winks passed through the family, and they said, Ah, when you know us better, and are not so shy of us as strangers, we shall find out you are as clever again as you pretend to be, my dear Mr. Franz. I'll tell you what, added the old partner, coming up at this moment, it's a perfect treat to me, Mr. Franz, to have a young man like you in my house. You're your father over again, and I can't praise you more. He was the most modest, unobtrusive man in all our town, and yet knew more of his business than all of us put together. No, no, I can't allow that, cried the motherly wife. Nonsense, replied the old partner. However, my dear boy, for I really must call you so, it was that very thing that made your father's fortune. I mean that he was just as unpretending as he was clever. Everybody trusts an unpretending man and you'll make your fortune too, in the same manner, trust me, before long. Now, boys, added he, turning to his sons, you hear what I say, and mind you take the hint. As for the young puppies of the present day, who fancy themselves fit to sit in the chair of their elders as soon as ever they've learnt their alphabet, and are for thrusting themselves forward in every company, Mr. Franz, I'll own it to you because you will understand me. I have no patience with such rude, impertinent jackanapuses, and always long to kick them downstairs. The old partner stood in front of Mr. Franz as he spoke, and clenched his fist in animation. 
Mr. Franz sat on thorns. He first went hot, and then he went cold. He himself kicked downstairs as he listened. He was ready to cry. He was ready to fight. He was ready to run away. He was ready to drop on his knees and confess himself the most impertinent of all the impertinent jackanapuses race. But he gulped and swallowed and shut his teeth close, and nobody found him out. Only he looked very pale, which the good mother soon noticed, and said she to her husband, My dear love, don't you see how fagged and weary it makes Mr. Franz look, to hear you raving on about a parcel of silly lads with whom he has nothing in common? You will frighten him out of his wits. Mr. Franz will forgive me, I know, cried the old partner gently. Jacintha, my dear, fetch the wine and the cake. The kind, careful souls feared he was delicate, and insisted on his having some refreshment, and then Papa ordered the young people to give their guests some music, and Fran sat by while the sons and daughters went through a beautiful opera chorus, which was so really charming that Mr. Franz did forget himself for a while, clapped violently, and got halfway through the word encore in a very loud tone, but he checked himself instantly coloured, apologised for his rudeness, and retreated further back from the piano. Of course, this new symptom of modesty was met by more kindness, and followed by a sly hint from the merry Jacinta that Mr. Franz's turn for singing had come now. Poor Mr. Franz, with the recollection of the morning's adventure on his mind, and his father's rule ringing in his ears, he felt singing to be out of the question, so he declined on which they entreated, insisted, and would listen to no refusal. And Jacinta went to him, and looked at him with her sweetest smile, and said, But you know, Mr. Franz, you said you could sing a little, and if it's ever so little, you should sing when you're asked. And with that, Miss Jacinta offered him her hand, and led him to the piano. Franz was annoyed, though he ought to have been pleased, but how am I to keep out of people's way, thought he to himself, if they will pull me forward? It is the oddest thing I ever knew. I can't do right either way. Then a thought struck him. I have no music, Miss Jacinta, said he, and I can't sing without music. And he was going back again to his chair in the corner. But we all have the new music, was her answer and she opened a portfolio at once. See, here's the last new song, and she held one up before the unfortunate youth, who at the sight of it coloured all over, even to the tips of his ears. Whereupon Miss Jacinta, who was watching him, laughed, and said she had felt sure he knew it, and down she sat, and began to play the accompaniment, and in two minutes afterwards Mr. Franz found himself, in spite of himself, as it were, exhibiting in the song the fatal song of the morning adventure it was a song of tender sentiment and the singer's most tremulous voice added to the effect and a warm clapping of hands greeted its conclusion but by the time mr franz was so completely exhausted with the struggles of this first effort on the new plan that he began to wish them good night saying he would not intrude upon them any longer they would shake hands with him, though he tried to bow himself off without, and the old partner followed him downstairs into the hall. 
mr franz said he we have been delighted to make your acquaintance but this has been only a quiet family party now we know your sort you must come again and meet our friends wife will fix the day and send you word and don't you be afraid young man mind you come and put your best foot forward among us all franz was almost desperate his conscience began to reproach him what was he going to accept all this kindness like a rogue receiving money under false pretences he was shocked and began to protest i assure you dear sir i don't deserve you are quite under a mistake i really am not the fact is you think a great deal better of me than nonsense shouted the old partner clapping him vigorously on the back why you're not going to teach me at this time of my life surely not going to turn as conceited as that after all eh come come mr franz no nonsense and to-morrow he added i'll send you letters of introduction to some of my friends who will show you the lions and make much of you you will be well received wherever you take them first for my sake and afterwards for your own there there i won't hear a word no thanks i hate them good night and the old partner fairly pushed mr franz through the door oh dear oh dear was the waiter's exclamation when franz reached the hotel and the light of the lamp shone on his white worn-out face oh dear oh dear i fear you've been a silly young gentleman over again what have you been doing this time i've been trying to keep out of everybody's way all the evening growled mr franz and they would pull me forward in spite of myself no really though cried the waiter as if it was scarcely possible really sighed poor mr franz then do me the honour sir exclaimed the waiter with a sudden deference of manner and taking the tips of franz's fingers in his own he bent over them with a salute you're a wise young gentleman now sir and your fortune's made i'm glad you've hit it at last and mr franz had hit it at last indeed continued aunt judy as appeared more plainly still by the letters of introduction which reached him next morning they were left open and were to this effect the bearer of this is the son of an old friend one of the most educated agreeable young men i ever saw as modest as he is well educated and i can't say more procure him some amusement that a little of his shyness may be rubbed off and forward his fortunes my dear friend as fast as you can franz handed one of these letters to his friend the waiter and the officious fellow grinned from ear to ear there is only one more thing to fear observed he and what asked franz why that now you're comfortable my dear young gentleman your head should be turned and you should begin to make yourself agreeable again and spoil all oh pooh bother agreeable i say now as you did cried franz laughing no no my good friend i'm not going to make myself agreeable any more i know better than that at last then your fortune's safe as well as made was the waiter's last remark as he was about to withdraw but franz followed him to the door i found out a rather curious thing this evening do you know and that was inquired his humble friend why that i was sitting all the time in that very attitude my mother recommended with my head a little down you know 
so that I really don't think they noticed my snub. The waiter got so far as, oh, pooh, but Franz was nervous and interrupted him. Yes, yes, I don't believe there's anything in it myself, but it will be a comfort to my mother to think it was her advice that made my fortune, which she will do when I tell her that. Ah, the ladies will be romantic now and then, exclaimed the waiter with a flourish of his hand, and you must trim the comfort to a person's taste. And in due time pursued Aunt Judy, that was exactly what Mr. Franz did strictly adhering to his father's rule and encouraged by its capital success that first night he got so out of the habit of being pert and foolish and inconsiderate that he ended by never having any wish to be so so that he became what the old partner had imagined him to be at first it was a great restraint for some time but his modest manners fitted him at last as easy as an old shoe and he was welcome at every house because he was never in the way, and always knew when to retire. It was a jovial day for Papa and Mama's watchmaker, when two days afterwards Mr. Franz returned home, a partner in the old partner's prosperous business, and with the smiling Jacintha for his bride. And then, in telling his mother of that first evening of good fortune, he did not forget to mention that he had hung on his head all the time, as she had advised, and, just as he expected, she jumped up in the most extravagant delight. "'I knew how it would be all along,' cried she. "'I told you so. I knew if you could only hide that terrible snub, all would be well. And I'm sure our pretty Jacintha wouldn't have looked your way if you hadn't. See now, you have to thank your mother for it all.' Franz was quite happy himself. So he smiled and let his mother be happy her way too, but he opened his heart of hearts to poor papa, and told him, well in fact, all his follies and mistakes and their cure, and if mamma was happy in her bit of comfort, papa was not less so in his, for there is not a more delightful thing in the world than for father and son to understand each other as friends and old franz would sometimes walk up and down in his room listening to the cheerful young voices upstairs and say to himself that if mother franz good soul as she was did not always quite enter into his feelings it was his comfort to be blessed with a son who did what a long story it had been aunt judy was actually tired out when she got to the end and could not talk about it but the little ones did till they arrived at the station and had to get out and in the evening when they were all sitting together before they went to bed there was no small discussion about the story of mr franz and how people were to know what was really good manners when to come forward and when to hold back and the children were a little startled at first when their mother told them that the best rules for good manners were to be found in the bible and when she reminded them of that text when thou art bidden go and sit down in the lowest room etc they saw in those words a very serious reason for not pushing forward into the best place in company and when they recollected that every man was to do to others as they wished others to do to him it became clear to them that it was the duty of all people to study their neighbour's comfort and pleasure as well as their own and it was no hard matter to show 
how this rule applied to all the little ins and outs of everyday life whether at home or in society and there were plenty of other texts ordering deference to elders and the modesty which arises out of that humility of spirit which wanteth not itself and is not puffed up there was moreover the comfortable promise that the meek should inherit the earth of course it was difficult to the little ones just at first just to see how such very serious words could apply to anybody's manners and specially to their own but it was a difficulty which mamma with a little explanation got over very easily and before the little ones went to bed they quite understood that in restraining themselves from teasing and being troublesome they were not only being tiresome but were actually obeying several gospel rules end of out of the way part two